my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. watching you click it now it's, it's you just hear that button and you know yeah well, i'm gonna click it on something else no beforehand just so i can do it first no <laughs> just wait until i'm distracted it easily happens <laughs> yeah right <laughs> which i've done before it's fine i know sorry the, the uh minion has the table he's moving the table he's awake but we're back at my house again for this episode um in hopes that with giving him more room to move around he'll be quieter Hopefully. We'll see what happens. Guess who's Snapchatting me? Who? Your husband. What is he saying? I don't know. He Snapchats me all the time. That's funny. It's, kinda, <laughs> it's, it's random stuff, too. I love that. I like it when he sends random crap. All right, so I had something weird happen the other night at my house. Really? Yeah. So like ghost-related? I don't know. Zombie-related? No, not zombie-related. Probably more ghost-related. Okay, so the other night. We had all gone to bed. I put the kids to bed. Me and Tyler were in bed. But then Rylan comes into our room. And he goes, Mommy, my light came on. Now, he does have one of those touch lamps where if you touch it, it comes on. But he was in bed. And then so I was like, well, did Kylo or Blue somehow get up there and touch it? No, they were laying in bed with me, too. Hmm. So... I didn't really know what to tell him. I was like, well, just go turn it off and go back to bed. I don't know. <laughs> but I brought it up to my sister, who had her own little thing happen over last weekend. Over the weekend, I guess she was playing video games in their game room. And I had this, she was sitting up against the couch. But on the couch, she had these pillows that were stacked like this. One on top of the other. I know, you can't see. Sorry. One of these days we're going to do like a... A video, a video of us of doing this so that you guys can see what we mean when we like when I talk with my hands. Yeah, <laughs> I do talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> but right, so pillows stacked <laughs> pillows on top of each other, stacked on top. And you know when you you see something out of the corner of your eye, you're not quite sure what it is, but you look at it. Yes, and you can generally figure out what it is that's making you look. Sometimes. So she, her eyes out of the corner of her eye got pulled, and she looked, and it was at the pillows. Nothing wrong with the pillows, but that's what she, her eye went towards. She went back to playing games, but then it happened again. But this time, the pillows were actually falling over, which was really weird because those pillows were like that for, she said, about two weeks. Stacked on top of each other, not moving. Whatever. You can explain that away, kind of. Next thing is her youngest son likes to sneak up on people. So he is... She thinks he is coming around and sneaking up on her because she is feeling the pillow that she's leaning against pull up a little bit. So she turns around real quick to, you know, say something to him. He's not there. Who is pulling on that pillow? That was weird. Uh, she has a theory. Ghost? Well, yes, ghost. But she thinks it is our grandma Lois. He passed away not that long ago. Who's making the rounds? Maybe visiting everybody? Because when, when she died, 
a lot of her stuff went to all of us. Mm-hmm. So we each have some of her stuff. So maybe, you know, she can just visit us all. Interesting. I don't know. I get to, like, see things out of the corner of my eye all the time. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't, get, like, really explain, like, what I was looking at. Because what I see out of the corner of my eye and then what I look at doesn't even, like, correspond. Huh. Like, the other day I was doing dishes. And you know how, like, I have the dog crates in my kitchen? Yeah. So, over on top of the dog crates, out of the corner of my eye, I saw what looked like a child sitting on top of the dog crate. Kind of, like, Ooh. just wiggling. Like, just sitting there moving kind of thing. Yeah. When I spun my head around to, like, make sure it wasn't one of my kids sitting on top of the crate. It's just the dog crates. There's, I mean, there is a baby bath that sits up there. Yeah. It's empty. I used to use it for uh, my littlest when he was younger. But, no, I swear I saw something, like, just sitting up there, just kind of, like, playing around. And when I actually glanced at it, it was just the dog crates with the baby bath that's been there for about a month. That's weird. It happens all the time. Like, when I'll be doing something up here, like, folding laundry, and I'll catch something out of my corner eye, and then it was, like, just the way the blanket is on the couch over there. Huh. All the time. That's weird. So I totally get where she's coming from, like, where you think you see something, but it's not there. Yeah. But is it really? I don't like it. I don't like it. I made my first quilt. I saw that. It looks really cool. Thanks. I started it a couple years ago, and my needle broke on my sewing machine. I got mad, so I kind of threw it in the corner. And then, because it's all home quarantine stuff, I figured, I'm going to finish this quilt. Because hmm. that sounded like a good idea. So, as I was finishing the quilt, my son comes up to him and goes, Mommy, Mommy, that's so awesome. Can I have it? And the second I, like, took it off the sewing machine because it was finished, he's had it ever since. <laughs> I just really liked your quilt. And it's very special that Mommy made it. Yes. So, it's only fitting that my first ever made quilt goes to my firstborn son. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of fitting. Oh, yeah. And so then he's like, Mommy, you got to make a pattern blanket, which is what he calls it, a pattern blanket. For And then he starts listing off everybody. Grandma Jackie, Grandpa Dan, Daddy, Nana, Papo, Gigi. And then he starts listing off the So I'm like, hey, hey, let's start off with one at a time. Who do you want to start with? And he goes, Grandma Jackie, then Nana Ann. All right. Okay. Well, luckily, when I first got mad at that quilt, the quilt that I had made it was for that he stole was originally supposed to go to Grandma Jackie. Mm-hmm. Well, I got mad, so I threw it in the corner. And the next day, I was at the store, and I'm like, and I, so I bought some more fabric. And the fabric I bought was for a blanket for Grandma Jackie. So the fact that he picked Grandma Jackie first, I just happened to have like the fabric that I thought she would like. Yeah. So after this is all over, I'll have to take him to the fabric store to pick out fabric for everybody else. Oh, that's really cool. That you are just the craftiest person ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wing it daily. <laughs> I just like, like, even though I'm not good at it, I like making things. You're very good at it. At least you you do it so much that you get better as you go, too. It only took me like five times to figure out how to do that. Which is awesome. It looks fantastic. Okay, I have a good zombie fact. fact. Zombie fact? We're talking about zombies for the third time this week. Yes, again. More zombies, yay! You know the movie 28 Days. I know of it, but I haven't really watched it. Okay. Well, people in the popular horror film 28 Days are not technically zombies because they do not die before they take on a zombie-like appearance and become fixated on killing. Hmm. So they're just crazy people. That works. Also, one of the most well-organized zombie survivalist sites is z which stands for Zombie 
Coalition Offensive Response Elites, and it costs $4 to join. Nice. <laughs> Which is fitting because that's basically what we're going to be talking about is the act, an actual zombie apocalypse. If it happens, what causes it? What are we going to do? I know what I'm going to do. Do you know what you're going to do? I do know what I'm going to do. Come over to my house? No. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm going to leave you. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> I'm sure you, well, you have your own thing. We'll figure it out. We, I, we have a general idea. My, I think my husband's more planned than I am. Little minion, you are like a little zombie. He is acting like a zombie a lot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because in the fact that we're talking about this. So you'll go into the kitchen. We have a uh, baby gate slash dog gate blocking the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll crawl over to the gate and then he'll climb on it. You know, like in the, uh, the movies, the zombies are, like, holding on to the gate and they're like, ah. <laughs> yes. Well, he holds on to the gate and he goes, ah. Because <laughs> he's trying to get your attention. That's how babies are, little zombies. Yes. yes. Well, they, well, they really are. They're cute little zombies, though. They're kissable. They're okay. <laughs> They're kissable. He's kissable. They're okay. All right. Taryn. Heather. If the zombie apocalypse were to happen, what do you think? would cause the zombie apocalypse? What would cause it? I think there's several different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, like, is it EMP I that do. takes out all electronics? Yes. So I think one version is in the, someone shoots an EMP over to the United States and shoots out all of our, like, so none of our electronic works. Sure. So then now all the people are kind of freaking out like they are now over, like, toilet paper and food, except for now we don't have truckers to refill the stores. Uh-huh. Um, so there's no actual zombies or living dead. It's just people fending for their families. Well, then that's not a zombie apocalypse. But it is in the fact that now everyone's, like, people are going to be shooting each other and but. there's going to be lots of death. Yes, there's not, like, the living dead. I'm, I'm saying there's several it's options. an apocalypse. It's not a zombie apocalypse. Then you have the um, virus one. Which yes. I think is very possible. And I love all the memes on Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so prepared for the zombie apocalypse. And there's just a shorts on toilet paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it, either there's going to be the virus one. And one of the things that I was thinking that I thought would be kind of scary in a real life actual scenario is all those people who have survived COVID-19, the ones that were infected yeah. and then survived. What happens if the mu- the virus inside them mutates and they can deal with it now and they seem to be healthy, mm-hmm. but when they die, they don't truly die and they come back as a zombie? That would be crazy. But I think it's possible. It is possible. And I'm not talking about the ones that are like, don't make it from the COVID-19. Because mm-hmm. it hasn't had a chance to mutate. I'm talking like in 10, 15, 20 years from now, when it's had a chance to mutate inside the person. So I think this is like the prelim to the zombie apocalypse. It could be. Like the uh, step one of infecting people. Who knows? Well, I have five scientific reasons a zombie apocalypse could actually happen. Five reasons. Number one, brain parasites. You can see this. That actually goes through movies. In Resident Evil 4, a brain parasite can turn victims into mindless zombie-like slaves. And that's actually very common in nature. Brain parasites that will infect a host, take over their brain, and then make them do something. There's this one particular bug. Let's see if I can pronounce it. 
because I always have to do this. It wouldn't be a podcast without this. <laughs> uh, Toxoplasmosa gondil. Gondil? Gondil. <laughs> so it's a bug. It infects rats, but can only breed inside the intestines of cats. Which so. happens because the rats get it, and then the, the cats eat the rats. Exactly. Well, here's how that could happen. There are some countries out there that still eat rats as a delicate. Mm-hmm. But. They normally gonna, cook it. Yes, but humans still can't get this parasite. It can only grow in cat intestines. For now. For now. Yes, for now. <laughs> so the rat is actually being programmed to get itself eaten. It puts itself in harm's way intentionally because that's what the parasite's telling it to do. Dumb rat. <laughs> of course, you know, that's just rats. Did you know that half the population of Earth is infected with this bug and they don't even know it? I can believe it. Maybe you're one of them. I'll eat your brains first. Don't. They've done studies that show that the infected see a change in their personality and have a higher chance of going insane. Oh, so, so what you're saying is don't work in the um, insane asylums. Well, no, not necessarily. No, it's just you have more of a chance to become insane if you have this parasite. And if half the population of the entire world has this parasite, half of the population is going to go insane. Lovely. <laughs> At least they have a higher chance of going insane. So humans and rats... You would think they're very different. They're we not very different. We're not that different. The brain, right? The rat brain is a lot smaller than the human brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the reasons why they use the rat brain to like to study on for human tests before they get to human testing is because of the similarities in the way the brain works. Oh, yeah, because I know things. You do know things. <laughs> That's right. So they're not that different. Well, they are. The brain is smaller and it is missing some like major things like what we have in our brain. Don't, I don't remember exactly what it's called. Mm-hmm. But when they were studying the brain, they start off. They always start off with rats uh, due to the nature of the brain and the way that it works similar to our brain. So all this would take then is a more evolved version of this parasite in the rats to do to us what it does to rats. So could you imagine... Half the world's population suddenly has no instinct for self-preservation or any kind of rational thought. Are we already there? <laughs> Other than right now. <laughs> Other than what it is now. A little worse. Gotcha. And do you know how many biological weapons programs there are around the world? Too many to count? They're so, extremely scary. So many. And you have to wonder... If there are any of them that aren't already trying to mess with this parasite and figure out how to use it on humans. They probably have. Which is scary. Yes. They're going to start the zombie apocalypse. Probably. We will shoot them all. The last thing, though, is you may think, well, if you got a brain parasite, you're not technically dead. Therefore, it's not technically a zombie. But I don't think it's really going to matter once it actually happens. Probably not. (laughs) Next one. The next version of maybe possibly zombie apocalypse would be a neurotoxin. I could see that. A ne- you can see this in the movie The Serpent and the Rainbow. Never seen it. Me neither. Or the Resident Evil 5 video game. Mm. 
So that's where you can find the neurotoxins if you want to know how that works. There are certain kinds of poisons that slow your bodily functions to the point that you'll be considered dead. Even to a doctor. The poison from uh, fugu, which is the Japanese blowfish, can actually do this to a person. Mm -hmm. I didn't fully discuss this in our very first zombie episode, but that's what a lot of people believe is used in the Haitian voodoo process of becoming a zombie is this blowfish. (laughs) So then victims can be brought back under the effect of a drug that will leave them in a trance-like state with no memory. But still able to perform simple tasks like eating and sleeping. And they're not a zombie. Mumbling around with their arms outstretched. Peter <laughs> Brigham Morganus. <laughs> We've already kind of sort of discussed this. This has happened once in, in Haiti. Or a couple of times if you want to really believe that. Scientifically, it's happened at least once. It's not really something that would happen to a mass amount of people. So I don't think we really have to worry about it happening oh so much. But, you know, maybe some evil genius could figure out a way to distribute this worldwide and create a whole bunch of zombies. Who knows? I mean, as long as we never get to, like, the Walking Dead status, I'll be good. Because I don't think that would. I don't think a neurotoxin would be able to do it to a bunch of people. So I think we're fine with that one. All right. That one's not so bad. Number three. The real rage virus. It's a virus. You can see it in 28 Days Later. And we just discussed that those aren't technically zombies, but hey, whatever. So in the movie, it's a virus that turned human beings into mindless killing machines. In real life, we have a serious a series of brain disorders that actually do the same thing. They were never contagious, but then mad cow disease. That attacks the cow's spinal cord and brain, turning it into a stumbling mindless attack cow. And when humans eat the meat, they get it. They get it, yes. So when Mad Cow gets in humans, they call it, again, something pretty crazy that I don't know how to pronounce. So you're going to pronounce it because it wouldn't be a podcast without it. Kreutzfeldt's Jacob disease. Jacob disease. We're just going to call it the Jacob disease. Jacob disease. Yeah. Here are the symptoms. Changes in gait. So how you walk. Hallucinations. Lack of coordination, so you're going to be stumbling and falling everywhere, muscle twitching, seizures, and rapidly developing delirium or dementia. Lovely. Yes. The disease is rare, but maybe not as rare as we think. And the afflicted aren't known to chase after people and murderous mobs. So, yet. A while back, I don't remember where it was, but they had this guy eating, like, do you remember the guy that, like, bit the other person's face off? <laughs> yes, bath salts. Oh, was he smoking bath salts? Yeah, he was doing bath salts when okay. that happened. I'm just, I knew there was, like, you know, because they called him the zombie because he was eating people's faces. Well, just the one guy's face. That's because they stopped him. Yes. Kind of. They did. Kind of. No, they, they did. It was just, it was really hard to stop him. Because. Don't do drugs, people. No, that, that was terrible. If all of a sudden. Mindless violence happens. People get this mad cow disease and then they actually do start going around in mobs. I mean, yes, that would be kind of sort of like a zombie apocalypse, but I don't know if they would necessarily be trying to eat you. It's still not walking dead status. No, it's not. But you're still trying to kill someone. I don't know. 
So this disease really, it destroys the brain's ability to absorb that one chemical. And then suddenly, suddenly you have 28 days later, crazy people trying to kill you. Who knows if that would happen? I mean, I guess it's possible. It is possible. Something like mad cow disease and he evolved and it did make people want to kill other people. I guess it's possible. Number two. Number two thing. Neurogenesis. Do you have any idea what neurogenesis is? Neuro is, you know, the mind. Mm-hmm. Genesis is, uh, what is that? Um, genetics. Yes, it so is. So something genetically wrong with your mind. Yes. This is so far, I don't have a movie that you could see this in, but you can see this happening in laboratories all around the world. You know, there's a bunch of controversy about stem cell research. Yes. Where it could be bad, but other, and it could be good. All sorts of things. Well, the whole thing with stem cells is they can basically be used to regenerate dead cells. This would be a method by which you can regrow dead brain tissue. Therefore, we can see where this is going. I mean, the reason why they're doing it is to help those with, like, the TBIs or they have the disease, like, where your brain is no longer working and your brain is dying. Yes. And the idea of the stem cell is to keep them from that not happening anymore. Yeah. Your thinking is it all goes all wrong and everybody's going to become a zombie when they die. Mm -hmm. Because their brain. You have walking dead status. Yeah. But this kind of stuff is happening now, even. Like... People are creating basically zombies. Maybe not hungry zombies that want to eat you. But zombies nonetheless. So they're actually regrowing the brains of comatose head trauma patients until they wake up and walk around. But they're trying to do this. They're able to do it, but you know. And then maybe couple that with a new ability to keep a dead body in the state of suspended animation. So that it can be brought back to life later. And soon we'll be able to bring back the dead as long as we get to them quickly enough. This sounds all well and good. What is deadies to stay dead? Like, I hate to say it because there's a lot of dogs out there. There's even some family members I would love to have back. Yeah. But what is deadies to stay dead? I agree with that. Okay. But doctors don't necessarily agree with that. Just the mad doctor. And they're trying to bring people back to life. There is a lab dedicated to reanimation research. And it they explain how the process of reanimating a person can create a problem. It causes the brain to die off from the outside in. The outside being the cortex. The nice part that makes you a human being. That just leaves the part that controls basic motor function and primitive instincts behind. Mm-hmm. You don't need the cortex to survive. All you need is the stem. And you'll be able to mindlessly walk and eat. This is how chickens can keep walking around after they've been beheaded, which is crazy. Oh, turkeys Turkeys do it longer. Yeah. Man, that's creepy. So you can do it to a chicken, and it only lasts about a minute or so. When you do it to a turkey, it's normally until they, if you do it right, it's normally until they bleed out. That's crazy. And the only reason I know this is my grandpa, in his lovely old age, uh, he's no longer with us, um, Every year for Thanksgiving, he's like, come on, kid. About a week before Thanksgiving would happen. Come on, kids. Come on back. Let me show you how to kill the turkey. Oh, no, thank you. And my mom forewarned us, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. 
And yeah, no, he he took an axe and as the turkey was walking around, he just and he had planned it perfectly. Uh, and he just chopped the head off as uh, it was still walking, and it just continued to like walk and run and squirt and fall, and then he put it back on his legs, and it was just, it was weird. The city girl is not okay with that. <laughs> I thought it was awesome, <laughs> like creepy, but awesome. I am not okay with that. <laughs> Did you know? Tasted really good. I have a cool random fact in the middle of this episode. Yeah. There was one case where the chicken lived for 18 months, 18 months without its head. I mean, for go it. 18 months. That's crazy. I don't know how, but it lived. I don't know. All I know is the turkeys that my grandpa killed were so much better than the turkeys you bought from the store. Probably because it was fresh. Probably. But. I'm good. No, I'm good. Anyways. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) Anyway, so you take a brain-dead patient, use these techniques to regrow the brainstem, and now you have a mindlessly body-shambling around, no thoughts, no personality, zombie of a person. That's what we call a real-life zombie. Yes and no, because it's still not walking dead status. And whenever I think of a zombie apocalypse, I'm thinking, like, walking dead status. You know what I mean? They basically are the walking dead, though. All they can do is walk and eat. But they don't try to eat you. You don't know that. This is basic survival instincts is what this is. If they can't get a hold of any other food, they're going to eat whatever they can. Yeah, but they're not going to, like, chase after you. You don't and know that. And bite you and eat you. You don't know that because... It's not going to happen. I think what's in the cortex is what makes you a person. If that is gone, you're just a mindless animal. And if you're hungry, you're going to eat what's in front of you. You know, Mr. Biscuit is a mindless animal. He is not. He has he... a cortex and has a personality. He does have a personality. Therefore, that's why he's not a mindless zombie. But who knows? Under every legal system in the world, all rights and responsibilities are terminated at death. Yep. All it takes is for someone with resources and a need for a bunch of mindless workforce to have, you know, do this and make. So how long do you think maybe till someone tries it? How do you know they already haven't? As far as we know, who knows? Last thing that could cause a zombie apocalypse nanobots it's funny that you say that because the movie that i just got done watching was big hero six. Oh yeah and it had nanobots. Had nanobots all right well for the rest of the world who has not seen big hero six what are nanobots little tiny itty bitty extremely smart computers yes that when four put together can do anything there was another one um have you ever watched the movie gi joe's no it was based off of the cartoon show and the comic books. Mm-hmm. They have nanobots in there, too. And they do make the people that are infected with them. You'll have to watch it. It's extremely creepy. So they become this mindless workforce mm-hmm. that um, the nanobots, like the guy actually puts his arm in. He gets bit by a snake, collapses Ooh. on the floor. The nanobots expel the, the venom out of his arm. And then he goes, stands back up and stands back in line with the rest of them. And then you fast forward to about an hour later in the movie where the good guys catch one of them and they're trying to like catch the his memories and find out where their buddy what happened to their buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, the nanobots, just because the guy his heart has stopped, so he's been like he's dead, the nanobots just dissolve the entire body so they can't get the information off of them that they want. Oh, like uniform and all, so they can't get anything out of the pockets. It was Ooh. really cool, really creepy. 
That's yeah, crazy. The movie G.I. Joe's also has nanobots in it. Wow. And I think that's the closest thing to what you're talking about for the zombie apocalypse. Because yeah. now that you say that, you're going to have to go watch it. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely in there. That sounds interesting. Okay. So these really, really tiny robots, they can make them at a microscopic level. So where people won't even be able to see them flying around. Obviously, these things, if done in a certain way, could probably destroy all human life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So in the G.I. Joe movie, they literally got a shot inside of their neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it left like a little tiny scar, but they were zombie like Well, they weren't like walking dead zombies, but they look like you and I. Yeah. According to studies, within a decade, they'll have nanobots that can crawl inside your brain and set up neural connections to replace damaged ones. Just like spiders can crawl into your brain. Oh, gross. But yes. If they're small enough, they can go. That's nasty. But yeah, it's just like that. So, nanobots will be able to actually rewire your thoughts. What could go wrong there? Well, it depends on who's running the computer system. Or maybe there's a virus in the computer system. There you go. Oh my goodness. So someday there's gonna be nanobots in your brain. It's gonna happen. Those nanobots will be programmed to keep functioning after you die. They can form their own neural pathways, meaning they can use your brain to keep operating your limbs after you're deceased. Lovely. And presumably, presumably, Right up until you rot to pieces in mid-stride. The nanobots will be programmed to self-replicate. And the death of a host will mean the end of the nanobots. To preserve themselves, they need to transfer to a new host. Therefore, the last act of a nanobot zombie would be to bite a hole in a healthy victim. Lovely. Letting the nanobots stream in... And set up camp in the new host. Once in, they can shut down the part of the brain that resists the cortex and leave the brain stem intact. They will have added a new member to the army of their undead. The nanobots are going to do it. Those darn computer systems. Yeah. It should be more than clear by this point that our goal is to be responsible researchers. Be responsible laboratory peoples. We don't need to create panic. Everyone's fine. For now. For now. You know, just in the future, this might happen. Right. Those are the five things that could possibly cause a zombie apocalypse. And I think the last one is first and foremost probably the most likely yes. and the scariest. Yes. The nanobots. The nanobots. Uh, but, you know, it also could, kind of like the COVID-19 and the uh, mad cow and H1N1. Mm-hmm. The actual virus. I think... The other good possibility, which I think would give you more of the Walking Dead version mm-hmm. of zombies, oh, yeah. would be a virus, like an actual. But then it's one of those viruses that you get it, didn't realize you had it, so everyone's infected, and then when you die, that's when you become the true Walking Dead. Yeah. So we're this far into it. Taryn, what are your plans for the zombie apocalypse? What are you going to do? So honestly, don't really have one. Well, I have one, but I don't have one. Okay. And my husband and I have sat down and we thought about it. And it was more, not necessarily in a zombie apocalypse, just more an apocalypse. an apocalypse. Like if something, if shit hits the fan, what are we going to do? Yeah. 
Um, so depending on where our day is or what's where we are in our day, mm-hmm. um, we have several different rally points. Like if we're both at work, we're both going to try to like one of us will try to get to the kids while the other one meets at the rally point. We have bug out bags in both of our vehicles. Okay. So if like an EMP happens and shuts down all the computer systems, well, I have a bag that I can grab that has three days worth of like MRE style food for me and the kids mm-hmm. and I can hike out. Or hike wherever it's ahead. Um, so we have so we have bug out bags in each of our vehicles. We have a decent amount of weaponry throughout not only our house but our rally points and in our bags. Uh, so and then we always have at least a three week supply of food on hand. Very good. That's good. That's a good idea. I have a feeling if an apocalypse would happen, we would both be called into work before we were able to like escape home. What would you do with your kids then, though? Well, we'd be normally, at, if we had to go to work, they would go to the sitter's house. Sure. So that's why we have a bug out area near our sitter's house or a, a meetup location near our sitter's house. I gotta say, I'd have a hard time leaving my kids in an apocalypse type situation. Well, like, think about it. So you go to work like your normal day. Sure. And while you're at work, shit hits the fan. Yeah. You're already there. You can't just leave. More than likely, that is what would happen. Especially with mine and my husband's job. So the boys will be at the sitter's house. Um, and one of us, most likely I, would leave to go get the boys, depending on what's going on. Yeah. It all depends on, like, what... We have different scenarios for different things that happen, and we have different rally points with different things set up at different locations on what we plan on doing, and then who we plan up on meeting up with at different locations. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, if something were to happen within a couple of days after the apocalypse would happen... My husband and I, along with our boys, our nephew, my father-in-law, and a couple other select people would meet up in a certain location and work our way west towards my family. Okay. Is the plan, depending on what's going on. Yeah. It all depends on what is actually happening and if that's even plausible. How about if it actually is a zombie apocalypse? Is that still your plan? Is that what you would do is still head west? Again, it all depends. Like, so if a zombie happens right now, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunker down okay. and let everybody go crazy. Go crazy. Like we have, we have hunkered down. We have enough supplies to last those three weeks with the, with the kids to feed the kids adequately, and that's eating the way we normally eat. So if we were to like limit mm-hmm. and start rationing, we could l- like last on the food that we have in this house right now at least five to six weeks. So I could easily, and I've got boards, I can easily board up my windows. I've got rather good entry points through my second story to, if I need to, like, defend stuff, I could. So we have, we have a lot of different options, mm-hmm. different things that we could do. Okay. It all depends. Okay. All right, so what I would do, I have actually thought about this a lot. My parents live on a, a pretty good acreage of land. And right across the street, there is... A guy who owns, it's like a, a farm. He doesn't live there, though. He just owns the farm. He's got a couple silos mm-hmm. that you could set up shopping pretty well and have a good vantage point of things. I'm going to get my kids, if I can, and then head out to my parents' house because that's where everyone else is going to going. My dad has bought a bunch of freeze-dried food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have all this big things of food so he has all of that that's why we're going over there obviously load up all of our weapons that we have at my house because i have 
bows. I even I have swords. I have swords. So do we. (laughs) So load up all that, obviously, and drive my van as far as I can to get there. So what is your weapon of choice? A bow. I'm much better with a bow than I am with anything else. I have a gun. I'm okay with it, but I would not be good enough to make headshots. See, I I have a toss-up. And I think I would end up carrying, like, a long, like, sword or knife with me. Yes. For the close combat if something were to happen. Mm -hmm. And I love my bow. I do. But I'm a very good, I'm a a good shot. I'm not going to say I'm very good, but I I am a decent shot. (laughs) Um, So I I like my rifle. Mm -hmm. I like my handgun. I love my bow. But I'm still going to carry my sword with me. Like, it's going to be strapped on my back and I'll be ready to go if I have any close, close combat stuff. Absolutely. I do have, we have a machete that I think would be really well to use, really good to use. Um, But also, I, so we would go out to my parents' place, but I also think where I work would be a good place to set up shop as well. It's a large area. Most, most of the entrances are already hard to get into once they're locked or boarded up. And we can make an easy access to the roof. There you go. So I think my my work would be great. And there's lots of stuff there that we can make into weapons. Perfect. Even better. <laughs> yes. I like one of the ones, and I think it was from, the, oh, it wasn't The Walking Dead. It was um, Z Nation. And they took a bat, like a wooden bat, and they nailed nails into it. So the nails are sticking out in all directions. That's on The Walking Dead. Is it, it's on Walking Dead? It's, it's on Lucille. Z Nation. Well, it's on Z, Z Nation, too. Oh. Maybe they, I don't know. It's Lucille. From Walking Dead. I haven't seen that uh, episode. That series. Season. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. I'm very behind on The Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that would be a good one, too. I don't know. My biggest worry is just, what if this happens and my husband is out of town? So when you have a rally point and you hope he can make it to you. My rally point is Fort Wayne, so he'd have a lot longer to travel because he's normally in Cincinnati. Yeah, but here's the thing. It might be easier for him to travel as one person mm-hmm. than you to travel with your kids. That's true. Right? Yeah. So then it would be up to him to get to you versus you getting to him because he knows where you are. He knows where you live, where you work, and your rally point at your mom's house. Mm-hmm. Do you know all the spots he's in and when he's on his trips? No. So then again, it's like, even if you were to go to him, like, unless you had a point to meet. Yeah. That is already designated, there's no point. That's true. So. He would have to make it to us somehow. He would have to make it to you guys. Somehow it would have to happen. I told him he needs to just jump on a train. If he sees a train, he he can drive it. There you go. It's fine. And then just go as far as you can until you see a train. And then you have to stop. (laughs) And then get on that train. There you go. Yeah. And just do it by train. Why not? No, so I guess we have a couple of different things that we could do. I either, I think the main plan is getting to the shop. Not to the shop, sorry, to my parents' house. And then maybe from there we could make runs and see. And if that house becomes compromised, well, then we'd probably go to the shop. Again, it all depends on what scenario you're working off of. Also, yes, I feel like because the shop is more, you have to go into the city. And that's going to be more dangerous. See, I wouldn't want to be in the city. Yeah. So going out to my parents' house, I think that would be the best option because that is away from the city. It's out in the country. 
I think that would be safer. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for short term, mm-hmm. stockpiling canned goods and non-perishables would work, but to keep going, that not having to make those runs you're talking about, you'd have to get sustainable food and water. Assuming the vegetation doesn't die, a la Resident Evil the movie. Yeah, that's something I never thought about. Was after that first initial six weeks? Yeah. Or for you, a couple of years with your dried food? Yes, with all of our dried food. But just having water and, and stuff like that is something you never really think about. And learning how to filter your water yes. so it's actually drinkable. Or, hmm. Yeah. I do have a book called The Zombie Survival Guide. So if anyone needs help with how to survive a zombie apocalypse, that should help you out. I haven't read it all yet, though. All right. Well, I think that is a pretty good stopping point. I think we have our plans. If you don't have a plan, you should probably think of one. Probably. But I have a feeling everyone has probably thought about this kind of. Well, it's not like the zombie apocalypse is a new topic of conversation. It's, it's something that's been around for a hot minute. Yeah. Well, I'm sure people have thought about it. But Taryn, tell me a joke before a joke we have to get ready for the apocalypse. What kind of streets do zombies prefer? What? Dead ends. <laughs> what did the zombie say to the human? What? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, honey. That's great. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you have any input, please email me at heather at fortweirdpodcast.com or you can get a hold of us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at fortweirdpod. And that's it, guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. Stay inside. Social distance. Don't talk to people, but don't get within six feet of each other. Just stay home. Stay. Just stay home. Just If you can, just stay home. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. You don't miss me for a thousand years if you don't come to our grasp, I'll look at you. The existence of this...